In part two of our series on UFO disinformation, we continue to follow Paul Benowitz as he believes he's working with the U.S. military to review the information and data he's collected. Enter Dick Doty, an Air Force intelligence officer whose job it was to methodically discredit Benowitz. Today, we'll cover that story and more. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought last week's episode disinformed you, stick around. Tonight, we're going next level with the ultimate government troll ratcheting things up, way up. This is Necronomapod. peek behind the curtain we're uh recording part two the day after we recorded part one of this ufo disinformation what 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 (laughs) and i don't hate it it's all still fresh in my mind yeah it helps with continuity right yeah it's pretty cool look remember last night when you said this yeah exactly (laughs) i remember but then everyone else like well wait they said that fucking last week (laughs) nope right hey fade motherfuckers (laughs) back to back nights just making you wait to listen only getting ahead because I'm going on vacation next week. What's new? <laughs> this guy's taking more vacations this year than I've taken in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, we're racking up the episodes, getting a little bit ahead so that they miss nothing. 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 Not a single show shall be missed in September. Or if that go back and edit this out, if we end up being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> guys, we fucked up. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> got to cut a show. Could happen. Um, last week I was talking a little bit about hot ones. When we finished up last night, I went home and watched a few episodes. I did watch Florence Pugh. Dave, you were right. You yeah, said she was on yeah, one. I, she I was, remember uh, seeing that. Adorable. She was making a whole big thing about how her eyebrows were sweating. She was dabbing them with her uh, napkin, and you could literally see like eyebrow sweat. <laughs> she is adorable. I give you that. Um, I did watch Idris Elba, who was awesome. He is the coolest dude. I would love to just sit and hang out and drink with him. A hundred percent. He was He's like. Oh, oh, well, what's funny is he was fine the entire time. He got to the last two, and they kicked the shit out of him. Like, each one, he was like, oh, this is great. This is my favorite wing. Like, I love this. And he gets to those last two, and he was like, fuck this. He's like, who came up with this show? And the host is like, see that guy off camera in the blue? He go, And then he looks at me and goes, can you fight? And I was like, don't piss off. Need yourself. Love that dude. I do not want to fuck around with him. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, then I watched um, Joey Diaz because I think I talked about mm-hmm. on the show how he was just mm-hmm. profusely sweating. He was so goddamn funny. He's just funny in general. But watching him eat it, he's just like, I'm going to be shitting blood tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. The fact that we can all relate to that, what he's feeling. Like, yep. What was the last one I watched? Megan The Stallion? No, I did not. Lame. I was just kind of scrolling through at that point. Gordon Ramsay, because I mm. knew that he like didn't have a good heat tolerance. Mm. He was really funny on it. He was very entertaining. Wasn't uh, I mean, he was still his typical self, but not like the the douchebag yeah. self. It was good. I enjoyed that. So, anyways, hot ones. Call me. I'm ready to do the show. Let's go. It's like, what's the hottest pepper? I haven't watched that in a while. I think we 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 had said. I they I don't know if they've ever. They like, don't even say. 
I feel like each season they have a new set of like eight sauces and they'll briefly mention them, but I don't know if they get into like what's in each sauce or if they're just like, this one's called bleeding asshole ghost pepper, you know, whatever. (laughs) So they they don't talk about Scoville ratings or anything like that. They show the ratings. Yeah. I mean, they get up to like a hundred thousands. I don't know what is considered hot or not, but they, they do show the points. To me, I don't know what any of that means other than it gets fucking hot. The least. hot ones I did at Quaker Steak were three fifty, I think. Three hundred and fifty thousand. I don't remember what they go up to yeah. of the show. And I I know now they kind of sell their own gimmicked hot ones, hot sauces you can Gotta get. Gotta cash in. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they use all those in the show, but yeah, they do show the points. I just don't remember yeah. what they peaked out at. But highly recommend it's on uh, it's a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Did it make you want to go get some wings? Of course. Yeah. yeah the entire yeah. time. I'm like, I want that. And then I'm thinking like, like you see what each person can bring. Uh, like they all bring their own little gimmicks to like help them get through it. Milk or water or whipped cream. And, mm-hmm. and at Florence Pugh's at the end, she drank a beer with hers and they had, I think, mm-hmm. a tea. Uh, so I don't know. Most of the time I'm thinking about that, like just looking into like studying. Uh, what the fuck's this person going to bring to help them get through sure, it? Sure, sure. I remember Chris Jericho's, uh, he spit the entire time because he thought that's what helped him. So he literally had a bucket, mm. and after every bite, he would chew it, but then spit the saliva because he felt like that was getting it out of his mouth. It was kind of gross to watch. Yeah, dumb. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Loser. <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> Canadians, right? Who needs them? <laughs> I would do a hot wing show. That'd be super fun. The three of us would do it. That'd be fun time. <clears throat> That'd be super fun. Oh, I would do that. Yeah. Talk, hang out, answer the questions, eat those damn wings. Hmm. Then I was pay- I was noticing like, did anyone get like all like the little the what is it the legs the um, drumsticks or mm-hmm. did people go thought like uh, the flats mm-hmm. or is it like a mix? I'm a big flats fan. Oh, I like if the they- drums. So there you go. We can just like split our order. Yeah, yeah. Give Dave the drums. Give me the flats. And what, do you have a preference? If I'm like just trying to eat it fast, probably the flats. They just do that in one bite. So most of the people, though, like like Idris Elba was kind of eating the whole thing when he loved them. But most of the time, they're taking one bite and just putting it down. Oh, okay. But maybe they're also just being like, oh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be seen eating on TV. Yeah. I'd be fucking eating those wings like, oh, this is lunch, right? Like, you guys are paying for this, right? Can I, <laughs> can I get a double order of these wings? Get a to-go box, please? <laughs> I find the flats hard to eat. You just got to, like, snap that bone. and Yeah. I don't disagree. It's a lot of handwork involved, though. That's what I try to avoid. Uh, you do have to kind of tongue fuck it right. quite a bit. I don't like all that activity. That's why you snap the <clears throat> bone. You're right. You can. I I just think they <laughs> taste just, better. I think they taste better, the flats. I don't know what it is. I you just get some like gnarly bits better. at the end of the drumstick sometimes. Sometimes you I can. I give you that. Yeah. I just overall, for overall ease of eating, yeah. I like the drum. You just one hand the drumsticks. Correct. All right, so go check it out. Maybe Necronom Pod coming to Hot Ones near you. Call us. Don't do us dirty like fucking uh, the Dick Pill Company, <laughs> who shall not be mentioned anymore. They don't pay us. We've had enough of it. Uh, yeah, at least tonight took five years. Yeah, <laughs> finally done. He's with off that kick. <laughs> I'm on the chicken wing kick now. <laughs> Different kind of bone. <laughs> So, you know, does this episode piss you off? You feel good about this episode? They did Paul dirty. It's it's really crazy. 
we'll talk about it later. I feel like this is very excessive to trick one guy. It seems like overkill. There's a bigger plan here, I think. Like in, in theory, I'm not sure I'm against everything they're doing here and maybe the name of national security, but it does seem like a little bit overkill. Does it have anything to do with the fact of his location, his technology, sure. 100%. and his, his money, yeah. right? Like he's he's a threat. Absolutely. Are you f- pro breaking and entering? It's getting really wild at that I'm point. Not, yeah, I don't know about that. They could have. There seems to be other more benign ways that they could have handled this situation. They could have just told Paul what he did in all honesty, and he would have given them the technology. Yeah. He was the, just trying to help them. The guy was a patriot. Yeah. He wasn't some fucking commie right. across the street trying to bring the military down. Like, if they told him, Paul, you tapped into this very top secret stuff, we need you to stop, but we would also like that technology, you know, could we make some type of a deal work something out he would have been like fine yeah we're going to bring your company into the fold we're going to give you a security clearance to a certain level and uh, now you're part of the family that's why you i think there's more to this it's hard to f- to know what to believe what's true what's real what's what's anything yeah. i you got a hard time picking through and figuring this out so that's my thoughts on part two see you next week <laughs> <laughs> i'm going on vacation i'll see you guys later <laughs> So where we left off on part one, Paul was in a world of paranoia regarding uh, all the stuff he was recording over at Kirtland Air Force Base. Got involved in the cattle mutilation phenomena, and he did that really weird hypnosis session with claimed abductee Myrna Hansen. That was the tinfoil car. Tinfoil car. Big fan of that. You like that? Dr. Sprinkle was not a big fan of that. (laughs) Dr. Sprinkle. I saw someone commented on our Patreon post that uh, lived in the same neighborhood as him. They saw him ride around town, mm-hmm. Dr. Sprinkle. They didn't know that he was involved in UFO stuff. That's crazy. He was probably writing clever limericks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what else did he do? Yodel. 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 <laughs> I like to think he didn't have a car horn. He just yodel out the window. <laughs> like if someone didn't see a red light, he's just like, Yahoo! Get out of my way. <laughs> what yodelers do right <laughs> of course they do paul had been trying to talk to people and tell everyone like you know people close to him that he trusted what he was finding and no one really wanted to listen so on october 24th 1980 paul went directly to kirtland air force base with his findings and he met security commander colonel ernest edwards paul laid out everything we talked about on part one instead of shutting paul down like we just said could have easily been done just bring him in on this he said, Paul, you are on to something. Wait here. And he came back into the room with Air Force Office of Special Investigations Officer Richard Doty. Richard Doty is, I think, probably the most mysterious character we'll ever talk about on this show. We know nothing about him other than that he was born in 1944. We don't know where he was born, what his family was like, where he went to high school, nothing. I don't even think his name is Richard Doty. Hmm. I would be willing to bet that it's not. Can't you get military personnel records from an FOIA request? I guess you wouldn't even know what name to request if that's not even his real name, right? The only thing there is is his little ID card, Mm. but it has nothing on it other than Richard Doty. Mm. It doesn't even have his fucking birthday on it. 
I wonder if anyone's ever dug for that information. I think you would assume people UFO would. people have been trying since the yeah. 80s to figure out. Yeah. What's your organization doing to find his uh, true identity? He, he can't tell us that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry for asking. I got you, Ian. On behalf of my client, he can't speak on that. The only reason we know who Richard Doty is is because a person I think is a ufology hero and longtime guest of Coast to Coast, and she's on everything <laughs> UFO and alien related. Linda Moulton Howe exposed Doty back in the mid-'80s. And what she does is... She just went public within the UFO community mm. when she figured out that she was being tricked by Dodie. She didn't fall for it like Paul did. She did it first, but somehow she wisened up to it. Not entirely sure how. Good for her. So real quick, we'll just cover how Linda Moltenhow exposed Dodie. Um, because if it wasn't her, for her, we might not know half of the story. Linda is a for real journalist. Uh, real big into the environment and climate change. She did really early work on the issue, which led her to do a documentary in 1980 called Strange Harvest, which was all about the cattle mutilation phenomenon. She ended up winning awards for that documentary, and the awards landed her a deal to produce another one regarding UFOs for HBO. Did she have Gabe, Gabe Valdez, on that uh, documentary? Like, How widespread was the cattle mutilation thing? In that area, I think like at least all over the Southwest. Yeah. yeah, and she was she worked for a news station at the time, and that mm. kind of just fell on her desk. And she's like, "All right, I'm gonna figure this out." Yeah, good for her. She and the Necro Mount Rushmore. Mm. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Probably for sure on the UFO Mount Rushmore, mm. right? Maybe that's what we ought to do: is have like our true crime Mount Rushmore, our UFO Mount Rushmore. We uh. We give her 60 bucks a year. We do? Yeah, for Earth Files, her website. Hell is that, yeah. Is that on my contract? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's in there. <laughs> her and uh, old Stanton Friedman on the UFO. Uh, Jalen Hynek, for sure. There it is. There's three. Mm. You know, her maiden last name was Lava, and she changed it to Ha when she got married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a true fact. <laughs> Don't even look it up. Don't even look it up. We just told you. So from what I can tell from looking at her website, because she's written about this um, on there and stuff, is that she met Dodie in 1983. According to Dodie, U.S. intelligence wasn't thrilled that a legit reporter did a full, credible documentary on the cattle mutilation issue, probably because it all tied back to them blowing up nukes underground, or at least that seems to be the th- you know, popular theory and people in that area would have not been thrilled with that. Well, if they didn't like the reporting on that, it kind of lends credence to what was it? Project gas buggy. Yeah. That they were that ones actually mutilating cattle. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise what the fuck do they care? Right. Why would they even care about her documentary? Yeah, right. So according to Dodie, he was tasked with finding out what Linda was doing her HBO documentary on and muddy the waters for her. Also keep in mind going forward that Dodi says that 20% of what he told people was real. The other 80% was fake. And that ratio was perfect for spreading disinformation that completely confused the UFO world, caused infighting and trust issues that 
still goes on to this day. Mm. It was peaceful until Richard Doty came in and just started fucking it up. One guy. Son of a bitch. What are you doing to clean that up and move on today? Are you holding seminars on how to get past that uh, time and come together? I would just like to say that there are many <laughs> ongoings within the MUFON community. Okay. All right. um, options being explored and things are, are happening that we're, we feel very positive about to clear up the, the disinformation campaign of a Mr. Doty. Okay. No further questions at this time. <laughs> so Doty arranged a meeting at Curlin Air Force Base with Linda where he took her to a private room that had a two-way mirror so the meeting was being filmed. Doty sat Linda down and told her that her documentary, Strange Harvest, caused a lot of waves in the intelligence community, and now they wanted to work together. Doty would give her real information on UFOs and aliens, if in turn, Linda would give Doty information on the UFO community. Doty handed Linda some documents and told her that she couldn't copy them or take pictures, but she could read them. And he also told her to move chairs, to you got to get up from there and go sit over there, Presumably, so the two-way mirror could watch her mm. watching the doc or reading right. the the documents, and maybe also so that none of the words on the documents were caught on the recording, in case it ever had to be reviewed or reused. That's a good thought too. Yeah, like the camera was behind her and it could have picked it. Yeah, up. like this way yeah. now it's just looking at her reading it and they can't see what she's seeing. All right, I'll buy that. Meanwhile, just a file of like dick pics and they're like, <laughs> fuck you, gotcha. At the top of the document was, quote, briefing paper for the president of the United States of America on unidentified aerial vehicles. The document started out by listing all kind of crashed UFOs of extraterrestrial nature and that the U.S. military had recovered, one of which was Roswell. The documents also said that extraterrestrials had arrived on Earth about 50 million years ago and found the first primates. Extraterrestrials then manipulated the DNA of those primates to the humans we are today. The final page in the folder that Doty handed Linda had at the top Project Garnet in all caps and said, quote, all questions related to extraterrestrials and homo sapiens have been answered. Project is closed. <laughs> Proof positive. This is like, uh, which going to call it? Gomez's uh, investigation on cattle mutilation, right? Oh, case closed. Yeah, I solved it. It was a uh, drug. Off. It was drugs. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first mention anywhere that aliens created us. And that and today in ancient alien theories and all that stuff, it's pretty much accepted as that that's probably what happened. Um but at the time of Linda and Doty meeting, that idea didn't exist, or at least it wasn't published anywhere. Like at the beginning of Prometheus. Right. When they landed in. Yep. Yeah. I don't remember the book of Prometheus in the Bible. <laughs> doesn't sound real to me. <laughs> Eric von Daniken wrote Chariots of the Gods in 1968, which was the first thing to put forth the idea of, the, of ancient aliens. But he didn't say anything about them being our creators. So it's another piece of evidence of the core themes of UFO lore that can be traced back to this story. And it can all be traced back to nuclear fracking, potentially. Isn't that crazy? Are you stating as a fact here and now that Giorgio is a Richard Doty stooge? My client is not going to answer any questions. <laughs> 
based on <laughs> absurd assumptions at this time. But here's the thing. Here's the disinformation. I just what? told you to shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Giorgio, say it ain't so. <laughs> say it ain't so. This is probably what it's like to represent Donald Trump. <laughs> told you not to tweet that <laughs> that's the thing about this too is he says 20 percent is real mm -hmm. but is that even real or is he just making up the number 20 percent and none of it's fucking real yeah, professional liars how can you gauge right you can't how believe, do you even know yeah, you can't believe a single thing this guy right. says if if i was working at a drive-thru at mcdonald's and he rolled up and was like i'll have a big mac i would be at the window with a quarter pounder I'd be like you probably were fucking lying right here's your quarter pounder because i don't trust you i'll get the fuck out of my drive-thru dick if he if it is 20 percent is real and the most outlandish stuff is the true stuff that sounds pretty outlandish to me that sure, aliens created sure. us is the You've said before the most outlandish stuff might be the true stuff. That's Does what he this says. originates back to Dick Doty? What's that? That the most you have I've heard you say on other shows, like maybe the most outlandish stuff is the stuff that's real and everything else is kind of, you know, just fluff. Does that all go back to Richard Doty and what he said? Yeah, I mean that's what okay. he said that he did, and that's how you do good disinformation. Okay. You just put little bits of the truth throughout it and then no one can ever figure it out and everybody fights and it worked. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately it has. That'd be fucking crazy if aliens made us though. It makes sense. It's more sense than someone just snapping their fingers and Well, no one ever snapped their fingers. <laughs> oh, okay. No one said that. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Did God have an actual process? I'm not sure. I don't think it was really touched upon. There's a few well, sentences that he, it was he just took creative. a rib and made women. I believe that subservient. That makes sense. What it I'm came from the rib. It's true, but that was after it was created, right? That yeah, was how he made sure. it. So if he put that much work into the woman, he probably put that much work into man and earth and all that. He was yeah. molding it with his hands. Yeah, like six days worth of work. You know, that's a lot of time. <laughs> Dave hasn't worked that many days this entire year with all his vacations. <laughs> It's 144 hours. <laughs> Genesis verses one through eight. God's already worked more than Dave. <laughs> so back to October 24th, 1980, Colonel Ernest Edwards told Paul that he needed to talk to Richard Doty. When Doty came in the room, Paul started telling him all about the evidence that he had. Two days later, Richard Doty and chief scientist and director of Kirtland Test and Evaluation Center, Lou Miles, went to Thunder Scientific to tour Paul's operation and look at the evidence of aliens that he had collected. When they looked around, they were shocked to see how advanced the electronics were that Paul had built. We've said it numerous times, Paul had tapped into some top secret stuff going on at Kirtland. He had this crazy high-powered antenna pointed at the base, and he was pulling all kinds of data from essentially what was the Air Force testing what we know today as military-grade drones, like the ones that we use to bomb targets. How did the base not notice this huge antenna pointing at them from, like, essentially across the street? It was from inside his house. Like, inside the inside building, yes. So he had, like, a big compound, kind of, or mm -hmm. at least, like, a facility. It wasn't just his home. Yeah. A smart guy, huh? Well, I knew he was. I guess I just didn't really think about, like, his business was also right there. Yeah. 
But like, and you would think, well, it's the military. Like they're going to be aware of their surroundings. Like we've, we've heard on our bell, that guy flew into their airspace and they knew for miles, right? We heard those sirens for 20 minutes. They didn't realize an antenna or like right across the street. Like it's not direct TV. I think you should turn back, sir. <laughs> have, have we played that? We might have to use that one again this year. We haven't done that one in a while. That's a great call. Well, and on top of that, shame on Kirtland Air Force Base for the lack of security that they're just, and I know things are different back then, but, you know, there's ways to mask your radio transmissions or whatever he was picking up. Well, I think it was all coded still, so that's why Paul mm. is thinking it's aliens because it's not something he had ever heard before. Um, So between the coded transmissions and the, mm. the weird lights, that's where he's getting the aliens from. And just also, like, if they're actually doing whatever it is they might be doing across, you're just going to let civilians just live right across the street? Like, why would you not have, like, own that land and just keep it clear so nobody can see any type of drone testing or black ops helicopters? Maybe they need like, a it just little seems, bit more space. Yeah. Like, well, you said with the security, like, it just seems a little sloppy. Yeah. Unless they wanted him to do it. Maybe that was all part of the disinformation. Mm. They wanted him to see some of this. Maybe so. I think this is all God's plan. <laughs> Everything is God's plan, Mike. Everything. I think I think that's what I'm concluding on all this. If there are aliens out there, God created them. Can't deny Obviously. that. Obviously. Duh. He created the greatest Duh. alien of all. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Lou Miles talked science with Paul. Like, you know, this is super impressive. Can you explain all this stuff to me? And meanwhile, Dodie was quietly walking around and taking pictures of everything. I bet he was. Dodie and Lou Miles took what they found back to Kirtland, and Paul gave them photos to take with them. Like we said, he was more than happy to help, so a lot of this, I feel, is unneeded. But two days later, Dodie called Paul and said, Good news, Paul. My superiors want you to come do a presentation on what you found. We'll do it on November 10th, 1980. If I'm writing the movie for this... I'm going to make it a little comical. And as Dodie's going around, like, s sneakily taking photos, it's really like a Polaroid. And it's just like, and, like, the, the photo <laughs> spits out. And it's like he's trying to be sneaky about it, but it's just loud and obnoxious. And he's, he's, he's like, waving these photos, putting them in his pockets. <laughs> Looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Big flash going on. And Lou's like, no, Paul, it's uh, yeah. back over here. What, what's this thing? But Paul's so fucking oblivious and paranoid. Mm. Like, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Oh, to me, that's funny. Some Half of our listeners don't even know what a Polaroid camera probably is, by the way. They make them again. Yeah, it's like back Are in Are they fashion. back in? Sure. They're expensive, too. I was looking at them at Target mm -hmm. last time I was there. Really? They're like 120 bucks. For the, just for that retro shitty photo that you get out of it? Right. When everyone has got red eyes? It's like clear now, but it still comes out the same way. Really? Mm -hmm. The film, the replacement film is expensive, too. All of it's expensive, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know it was making a comeback. Everything comes back. That's crazy. Okay. Guess I'll keep my tidy whities <laughs> Wait for that trend. <laughs> Somewhere in between Dodie's phone call on October 26th and the presentation at Kirtland on November 10th, the NSA set up surveillance across the street from Paul. This is just a whole different layer to this, but the NSA was really interested in the antenna that Paul had built to listen in on Kirtland, which makes sense. They should be interested in mm -hmm. it. But at the same time, they went along with making Paul believe that he was actually uncovering evidence of a potential alien threat. 
So the NSA set up an antenna across the street from Paul and started sending transmission to Paul from the aliens. So they like blocked out Kirtland. (laughs) Think of it that way. Kirtland's here. NSA goes in the middle and they just start shooting what they want him to hear. Hello, Paul. This is Zenu. (laughs) I'm here with L. Ron Hubbard. We're trying to contact you. (laughs) Can you imagine this just became a Scientology episode? We got nine more parts. (laughs) I am trying to save the world. Then someone from the NSA broke into Paul's house and put a program on Paul's computer that would allow him to decode these messages. It's not clear how Paul figured out that this addition was made to his computer or how that really transpired. How does that work? Oh, what's this new application (laughs) on my computer? But somehow, you know, he got to use in this program and he Mm. started deciphering these messages. He probably just thought the aliens, you know, put it on my... He's 1980. What was he working with? Fucking like an iPhone, Texas like Instrument. An iPhone one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was around back then. Playing Oregon Trail. On, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh, now we're talking. I'd be doing some of that. I used to name my whole uh, family after pro wrestlers. That's what I do. Oh, that, that's a complete shock to everyone listening, I'm sure. Hulk Hogan has died of dysentery. <laughs> no! Oh, no, I'm sick. I got to go home. Come on, brother, bring it back. <laughs> go to the nurse's office. I got to go home. This has ruined my day. <laughs> so what do these messages say? And how do we know this? Like, where did this story come from? Like, what brought this to our knowledge here today? Freedom of Information Act requests. Okay. Paul's own writings, because he documented this stuff thoroughly. And then once, you know, Linda Mulhow, a couple years after what we're talking about now, mm. will out Doty. And then in 89, we'll talk about it, too. Bill Moore outs Doty hard. Bill Moore, we'll get into it. He was part of some of this NSA shit, helping to break into Paul's house. Um, There's just a lot of, I don't know how I want to say it. Corroborating evidence. Yeah. So what did the messages say? Do we have any idea? Like, how were they fucking with him? So it was a bunch of jumbled nonsense. Like, it it looks like word salad almost, but Mm. there's, like, alien stuff in there. And there was enough for Paul, it would make sense to him because he's looking for these these themes throughout this stuff. It's just absolute nonsense. They try to make it hidden, but they embed stuff in there that they're like, this guy Paul will, will find this. Yeah. Mm. Must kill Earth. <laughs> it's like, whoa. But we'll see, they expand on it. They're, the messages that they're beaming to him help form more UFO lore that is believed in today. Mm. I don't know what's real anymore after reading all this. It's crazy. It really is. Isn't that the whole point? They won. Yeah. So we're sitting here like, well, whatever. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Except on Friday, the Pentagon put up a new website, and there are some crazy fucking UFO videos that I cannot explain. That fucking silver sphere just flying through the air. I don't know what the hell that is, but something is going on. That whole fucking website feels like disinformation to me because they have graphs on there and shit about like hot spots and mm. the you know percentages on what's reported if they're circles mm. or spheres or different shapes. Like, why are we talking about this in the open like that? I don't know. I feel like I'm being duped. <laughs> like, do you think they just made up those videos? Yeah, which is also entirely possible. You can't believe anything anymore. AI has fucked up everything. You're right. You can't prove anything. 
We're never going to know what's real again. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> acting in the Titanic movie as it's Kate so Winslet. Funny. It's so funny. I don't know what, <laughs> what's real anymore. Am I misremembering Kate Winslet or was Arnold in that movie? I could sit there for an hour and scroll through all those Arnold AI clips. They're so fucking funny. I just sit there and laugh the whole time. <laughs> Why don't you pet me like one of your girls, Jack? It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Like, it's going to be a real problem in the future, figuring out what's real, isn't it? Like, imagine if you had a job that was based solely on your voice, and then someone could just copy it, and then just make their own shows about it, and then you don't even have to matter anymore. Like, it'd be really sucked to have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could just steal your voice and just they make can. their own shows. can do that. Mm. <laughs> Declan, I didn't show up to my resume. <laughs> Lead host of Necronomapod. <laughs> There's been stories of artists like, um, like important artists that at you know big art shows and things like that that have submitted artwork and they've been accused of using AI. Yeah, right. And they're like, no, I this is my art. Like I really did this. Some thing had to come out and apologize to a guy because they really fucking grilled him and said that it was AI mm. and it wasn't. Yikes. Like part of that whole SAG after a contract, the actors strike is because they wanted to pay actors for their likeness, like in one performance and then have the ability to use the AI version of them in perpetuity, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. Like you're out of business then. Like it's we're like the Terminator stuff is starting now. I'm going to be self-aware soon and it, we're going to nuke the planet. And they wanted to pay to use it to make like full length feature type things. They just wanted the rights to their future likeness. So you pay but me to star you... in one movie and then I can do whatever I want with your likeness going forward. But they wouldn't, how... they wouldn't have to pay them that's moving right. forward. That's right. Because like one even time like payment. with pro wrestlers, once they like they, they will use your likeness and pay you. That's how I read it. Yeah. I am. You probably are right. Yeah. But. Like I just know what well, Jesse Ventura sued WWE because they kept using his his commentary on videotapes after he left the company because mm -hmm. he got fired because he tried to get the guys to unionize and Hulk Hogan ratted him out to Vince McMahon. Real life stuff. Of course stuff. he did. Real life stuff. Whatever. And uh, scab Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Suck a dick. Jesus. Whatever. And uh, Dave's glad he died of dysentery in my Oregon Trail. <laughs> and clown. anyways, Jesse Ventura sued him and won and. Ever since, like, WWE's tightened up how mm. they do things because he's like, it's my voice. Like, you're yeah. using that to sell videotapes. And that wasn't even his, I mean, it was his voice still. It's his, you know, and you get in the whole intellectual properties and all that with wrestling. It's a little weird, but not the same. Anyways. Yeah. So on November 10th, 1980, Paul had his meetings with top brass and top scientists at Kirtland Air Force Base. According to Richard Doty, the meeting went well. There are some versions out there where most of the room was like, this is crazy and left. <laughs> but like, Doty, you fucking jack off. Why are you wasting our time? We're we doing were, important work here at an Air Force base. You dickhead. If we were there, that would have been me. I'm like, I'm going to the hotel bar. You want Ian sitting there with a throbbing erection. Like, no, this is too good, man. I'll meet you after. And that's kind of how it was. It wasn't like people were like disgusted. Like some things describe it like that. It was just some people were interested. Some people weren't interested in like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah. I got better things to do today. The ones who stayed told Paul that he was onto something big, and they asked Paul what they could do to help him. 
Paul said that he would like a grant to expand his research, and the NSA gave him one. The NSA wrote Paul a check for $75,000 to expand his studies, while at the same time beaming fake alien messages <laughs> into Paul's house for him to translate. It's so, like a bad movie, man. They knew they were going to fucking just destroy this guy, yet they're still like, here's seventy five grand. So we can expand and, on it. And we're going we're gonna, to, you know, tear you apart. It's one guy. This is overkill. This is what makes me feel like there was a bigger end game here to mm. create UFO disinformation. Like they wanted Paul to spread this throughout the whole community and fuck everything up. And he eventually Muddy does. all the water. We're going to talk about Project right. Beta and that's his like, you know, life's work with this. And it does. It fucks everything up. Or, I mean, is it the possibility that he maybe was closer to something than than we maybe think? And they're like, at all costs, destroy this this one guy because he's he's right on the tip of something. Maybe this isn't the whole story. Yeah. Maybe there is sure. an elevator in a mountain that leads to a joint work production of <laughs> alien humans. <laughs> Wonder if Mr. Pan would let them unionize. <laughs> Not on his watch, pal. Look here, brother. The, the aliens can't form a union. <laughs> Fucking Hogan. Narc. The UFO community had been an issue for the government and intelligence bef way before this. Like early on with Albert Bender and mm -hmm. Gray Barker and those guys. We talked about that before, how they were viewed as communists. Potential threats the, of communists infiltrating UFO groups or the UFO people being communists themselves. So the FBI was going real hard on. Well, that's in the fifties, right? Right. Yeah, so they a lot of anti-communist stuff back then. They haven't been thrilled with the UFO community since back in the fifties, and yeah. I think this maybe this presented itself as it bleeds over. Sure. Yeah, a perfect opportunity to discredit them. Finally, we got them. Let's fuck them. Because they also hang around places. They show up at like the gate of Area Fifty One and shit. People mm -hmm. looking for stuff. Remember when they were going to storm Area 51 a couple yeah. years ago? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I remember watching the live stream. Like, Don't and do it. They're going to mow your fuckers down. I remember watching the live stream and some dude was like, oh, we're all going to go down here and try. And then somebody else was like, no, they have snipers yeah, up on no, that hill. Not. Don't That's do that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be red mist popping out the back of your head. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> I forgot all about that. In this time frame... Richard Doty got his hooks into Bill Moore. We talked a lot about Bill on our Majestic 12 episode and on Roswell. Um, Bill and Stan Friedman brought Roswell to the public eye. They uncovered this lost story, and it is what it is today. Bill's book, The Roswell Incident, came out in October of 1980. So Bill was a UFO celebrity. Doty approached Bill and gave Bill the same story that he would go on to give Linda Moulton Howe in 1983. You're close to the truth, but you're slightly off. I can get you the proof that you're looking for, but you have to help me. Give me information on the UFO community. Doty told Bill, and that's the other thing with the Cold War at this time, that it, that was a thought is that people could infiltrate UFO groups. And then if someone like Paul, let's say, has that, that information he thinks it's aliens a russian spy hears it and they're like that's not aliens that's what i'm looking for sure it was a different time absolutely you have to look at this in the context of what was going on back then that's what i was trying to get to with the communism it, it uh -huh. shifted from communism to you know cold war stuff that's fair yeah 
That's a legitimate concern for national security, sure. Yeah, it for real is. It just seems a little too much on on Paul here. There could have been different yeah, ways to do this. Yeah. If it really was just targeted at Paul, which I don't think it was. Yeah. Doty told Bill that he could give him the smoking gun evidence regarding Roswell. So Bill took the bait hard. Bill paid off the secretary at APRO. So every UFO report that came in, Bill would get it first and then just send it over to Doty. All kinds of stuff. Fucking traitor. Whatever. He's the fucking Hulk Hogan of MUFON. Fucking Judas. Gosh, damn. Was he a racist too? (laughs) (laughs) Rat snitch. (laughs) But one thing that Doty wanted specifically was for Bill to make contact with Paul Benowitz and assist in the disinformation campaign against him. On November 17th, 1980, Bill Moore went to Kirtland Air Force Base to meet with Richard Doty. Doty handed Bill an envelope, and inside was a document titled Project Aquarius. Just a little bit ago, we talked about how Paul was really happy to give for give them the evidence he had, just you know, willing to help the Air Force. So the pictures that he had given Doty to you know take his evidence, Project Aquarius was the analysis of those pictures. In reality, Paul had filmed and photographed a top-secret drone. But in Doty's version of Project Aquarius, the one that Bill Moore is holding, the photos were confirmed to be of alien origin. <laughs> Doty needed Bill Moore to take the fake UFO version of the document to Paul as soon as possible, and Bill was to urge Paul to come forward with this information. Go tell the media what you've uncovered, then at that point, the Air Force would release the real Project Aquarius document and Paul would be made to look like a classic crazy UFO person, discrediting Paul completely. Doty's clever. I'll give him that. He's good at what he does. He is. He's playing these people. Bill had no problem forwarding the UFO reports to Doty, but he kind of had reservations about being a part of what was happening to Paul. Bill sat on the fake Project Aquarius document until June of 1981. Sometime in that June, Doty called Bill and told him that you got to decide now. Either schedule a time to visit Paul and give him the document or I'm moving on and you're never going to get the Roswell information. So Bill got off the phone with Doty and called Thunder Scientific. Paul answered the phone and was thrown off that Bill Moore was calling him. One, he didn't personally know Bill, never met him, and Bill was the big Roswell guy, just came out with this super popular book. So Paul's like, why is he calling me? Like starstruck kind of or just confused? Starstruck and confused. Mm It would be like someone that I think is super cool just calling me out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, okay, let's say like UFO World. Let's say Linda Moulton Howe just called me. I'd be like, well, why are you calling me? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, hi, Linda. (laughs) Hi, Linda. I'm glad to hear you. Uh, happy to hear from me. I know you've been subscribing for uh, 60 bucks a month on our website. I just wanted to let you know I'm going to be starting an OnlyFans. And I wonder if you'd like to subscribe on that as well. For $30 a month, you get everything. So Bill told Paul that he had information regarding UFOs that would help in his research around Kirtland. Paul asked Bill how he knew about his research, and Bill said that he couldn't say anything over the phone. They had to meet in person. A secure line. This line's not secure, Paul. And Paul takes the bait on that because he was already pulling 
Dr. Sprinkle in at gunpoint <laughs> talking about people who can hear him. Get in here, Dr. Sprinkle. <laughs> There's people watching outside. Write me a clever limerick. <laughs> Let's regress this Myrna lady and write me some limericks. You think Dr. Sprinkle's written any books? If I find a book right now, will you buy it, Dave? Sure. I think he had some <laughs> papers and stuff. I don't know if he ever published mm. an actual book. I know he's he's written Dr. multiple. Sprinkle wrote books, though, right? He's got to have. I would think so. He wrote some stuff for UFO books, like forewords mm. and things like that. I'll see what I find. How to yodel like a true superstar <laughs> while writing limericks. <laughs> Parentheses, clever ones. <laughs> What was his first name? There once was a yodeler Leo. named Leo. <laughs> what was it? Leo? Yeah. <laughs> but I can't think of anything that rhymes with Leo. Oh, that's the obituary that Dave looked up last week. <laughs> he was also, he was dominating in senior Olympics when he was in his 80s. Oh, really? Like in swimming and running and cycling. That's awesome. So he was a fucking badass. Actually, it was R. Leo Sprinkle. Uh, Sprinkle. Anyways, go ahead. You guys keep talking. I'm not sure I'm going to. A couple of days later, Bill went to visit Paul at Thunder Scientific. Bill asked Paul if they could go somewhere private um, where there wasn't a chance that they could be heard. Like so, in my car, it's covered with tinfoil. <laughs> He's like, hey, you had this car. You'd never believe it. It's fantastic. So again, Paul is all about this kind of stuff. So he, he grabbed Bill and jammed themselves into a closet. And Bill gave Paul the document. Paul was super pumped. This was the validation he needed. The Air Force was agreeing with him that he was really seeing UFOs. And if that part is real, then this underground base near Dulce that Paul had been theorizing about was more than likely real. He's like, finally, I fucking knew it. And they gave him a fucking government grant mm -hmm. to continue to study his alien research. <laughs> There's something very sad about doing this to somebody who really was a true patriot and was just trying to help out the country and fucking with him. He got a little bit. too deep into it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and they've taken advantage though. of him. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. The way that Bill tells this next part is that he felt terrible about trying to make Paul go to the media with this document. So he told Paul that he had to keep it close. Don't tell anyone about it. And Paul never went to the media, but who knows? I, Bill Moore is probably trying to do some revisionist history because he felt guilty for selling out the whole UFO community. He should. They're, we'll talk about it later. But they're all booing him at that yeah. MUFON. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Be yelling at uh, like, fuck you, Bill. Uh, you piece of shit. <laughs> fuck you, Bill. I'm going to come in your wife tonight. Get out of here, you big horse's ass. You fucking sellout. I hate your guts. Die, Bill. <laughs> Just sound like that. You yeah. know, I'm just spitballing here. Pretty close. Things I probably would have said if I was there. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a time of transition, a time of change. Summer is coming to an end and fall is here. With that comes new routines, changing weather, and yes, football season. Does the stress from any of this keep you up at night? Does your brain start talking the minute it touches your pillow? Do your thoughts start racing at inopportune times? Back-to-school routines can be difficult to manage. The cold weather can become a burden. Shorter, busier days can often cause us to question our choices and decision-making process. It turns out, 
One great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative cycle and find some mental and emotional peace. Therapy can be beneficial in helping us learn about ourselves, which in turn gives us the ability to calm our brain down and keep those racing thoughts in check. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and with that extra confidence, nothing can hold you back. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Necro. A couple months later, when Paul didn't go to the media, Dodie wasn't mad. He just needed to shift gears a bit. Dodie was aware of Paul's theory on an underground base, but he didn't know where Paul thought that it was. So Dodie instructed Bill to figure that out. Bill got closer to Paul to the point where they were friends, or at least Paul thought so, and would talk about UFOs and their research. Bill's his little bitch. Dodie's? Yeah. yeah. He really is. He's his Declan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if we're out there, if you're mad at Bill while hearing the story, think of Declan. I <laughs> know why we hate him. Through this, Bill learned that Paul had been making trips out towards Dulce looking for an underground base. He told Bill about Myrna Hansen and how her hypnosis led to his theory. He just needed to find the base. Bill asked Paul if he could start going with him on some of these trips to Dulce and Paul happily said, yeah, not knowing that Bill would be telling Dodie everything they talked about on those trips. With permission from Dodie's supervisors, he started to really ramp up the disinformation against Paul to a whole different, like this is such a crazy level that we're getting to. According to Dodie, he was told to guide Paul toward Dulce. Um, if Paul was already obsessed with there, then point him in that direction away from Kirtland Air Force Base. Dodie hired some construction crews to start clearing a road leading up to the Argeleta Mesa. Then he had empty military trailers just placed up, up top around the Mesa, as well as a bunch of air vents all over to give the appearance that there was a ventilation system for this underground base that didn't exist. This is next level fucking shit going on here. There's no way this is just for Paul. <laughs> there it is seems no like way. A lot. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all way overboard. There's a bigger picture here than than just mm. tricking Paul Benowitz into thinking that air, you're just getting him to stay away from Kirtland. And you're going to tell us what that bigger picture is at the end of this episode, right? I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Doty reached out to Fort Carson Air Force Base in Colorado and offered to have some of their guys come down and check out the Mesa. Maybe they could use it for training purposes. They had come down there before uh, to do some stuff. So if... Dodie could get them there. This would give the effect that there were people working <laughs> around at the top of the Mesa. Yeah, yeah. In mid-December 1981, Dodie called Paul and said that he needed to get to Kirtland as soon as possible. When Paul got there, Dodie told him that he needed to show him something, but they had to do it from the air. So the two of them hopped in a helicopter. Dodie flew Paul over the Archuleta Mesa and started pointing out all this stuff, the soldiers training, the air vents, all this shit. And he told Paul that Myrna Hansen was right. There is an underground base where aliens and humans work side by side. Everything that you heard in that 
hypnosis. You were right, Paul. It's here in Dulce. And here's the visual confirmation. And you can see it all playing out. <laughs> they created like this this fantasy world yeah. for Paul. That whole side by side makes me think of like the Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson, <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Aliens and humanity <laughs> side by side, but no booty holes. Oh, gosh, nope, we didn't say it three times. You can't be in here, pal. I like that Michael Jackson just shows up, says the word three times himself, and then it's like, I'm here. You, it's been said three times. Psych, it's a loophole. <laughs> booty hole, booty hole, booty hole. <laughs> it's like his own key to get in. <laughs> Doty wasn't the only one ramping up the disinformation against Paul. Remember we talked about how the NSA broke into his house and messed with his computer? Well, they broke in a second time to install a more advanced program for Paul to decode this fake alien Come message on. that he thought were real. And we know this second break-in for sure happened because Bill Moore was a part of it and helped. Motherfucker. It's like an Apple update, right? Like it had updated his system a little bit. <laughs> Give him a little update. This new computer program allowed Paul to decipher messages from what we now know that he thought was a single alien. And this communication method provides us Project Beta, which is Paul's magnum opus. This is mm. like his life's work. He has decoded this and all these messages and his communications talking to this single alien. And then everything else he has figured out, mm -hmm. you know, so he puts it all into one document. He solved the mystery of the universe. It's different than Mike's Project Beta cuck. Extremely different. <laughs> but different if thing. they want to give me a $75,000 grant for that as well, we would happily accept that grant. <laughs> we can bring in some toys, some swings. What's that little dippity doodah thing, Dave? The spinny thing? Oh, the Chinese basket trick? Yeah, I'll get one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. We got all that fun stuff. All I'm asking for is a simple $75,000 grant from the NSA, the National Sex Association. <laughs> Get it to me, and we will beta the fuck out of those cucks. <laughs> we can't dive into all of Project Beta. And what? 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 <laughs> a lot of it is just rambling, and it's hard to follow. But it, it does kind of serve as a base for UFO lore. We already talked about Doty giving Linda Moulton Howe information that set up the belief that aliens created humans in this document paul says that aliens and humans had come to an agreement that in exchange for advanced technology aliens would have access to abduct humans and implant them access to cattle for testing all of this stuff that is now firmly a part of ufo and alien stories that we've covered on this show paul's project beta is the first to mention this that was the whole Eisenhower meeting with the Greys where they came to the agreement. Right. And who knows? Who knows if this is something that Paul came up or if this is something Doty put in his mind or What if or it's where? real, though? What if? What if? Is that the 20%? Maybe it is. I always think of The Departed. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> it's also the first time to bring up the idea of alien-human hybrids or at least they're hinted at. Because in the document, Paul brings up embryos being housed at this underground base in Dulce. Like I said, we don't know if Doty put this stuff in Paul's head or if the NSA did or if Paul just came up with some of this on his own. But it's just, it's just crazy how this all can be tied back to Paul Benowitz one way or another. 
in Paul's Project Beta document, he was very adamant that aliens should not be trusted and that a war was coming. Paul detailed how to effectively trap all of the aliens in the desert and kill them all using an electrostatic weapon. In that document, Paul wrote, quote, Two small prototypes have been funded and constructed by my company. Tests conducted to date indicate they do work and work rather well considering their small size. Because of this weapon's present status and proprietary nature, a basic patent is in process. The theory will not be explained here. Who did he test this on? I was going to ask the exact same question. <laughs> How the fuck do you know this works? He got a bunch of people out there and fucking slaughtered them with this electrostatic weapon. He's like, huh? Collateral damage. I like think he just used like hot pockets and they just blew up from a distance or something. <laughs> Oof. So there was a for real patent filed by Paul for some type of an electromagnetic weapon using microwaves, something along those lines, crazy math equations and stuff that he put together. But that patent now belongs to the United States Air Force. So it fucking worked. It fucking worked. That's how it happened. It worked. They're like, oh, shit. This motherfucker is blowing cars up as I go by. Like, yeah, Paul, we're just going to take that. Oh, my. Yeah, you don't need that anymore, Paul. Uh, we'll compensate you. The only thing that would have been better is at the end of that, this, the theory will not be explained here. And he's like, you have one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? For us? <laughs> this is insane. But it's crazy. They now own it. Clearly, it did something. What are they doing with it? Uh, did Bucket they build it? Well, if one of us isn't here next week, <laughs> we know why. They fucking got us with a hot pocket machine. He, he, Paul talked about using a device on Myrna Hansen when, like, trying to like block the the device that was that he thought was implanted in her neck. He probably blew her up. Incidentally, it, we, never, we didn't hear from her. <laughs> we yet. never heard from that kid. <laughs> After he moved in. He blew both of them off. Also, his family <laughs> that was apparently living there. Hmm. Government's like, yeah, we'll, we'll let that go. We now own this device. There's there's people that think that if Myrna Hansen was who she think said she was, she wasn't like some disinformation person, that Paul was probably testing this on her. <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> well, with the, the chip at least, right? Yeah. It, it clearly did something, something enough for the United States Air Force to say, no, we want mm. that now. Maybe they're just like, yeah, you don't need to have this. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and take this was away. It, was it Mars attacks where they blew up the president with the with the tractor beam or I something so. like that? <laughs> Paul had, like, diagrams, too, of how he could, like, trap all the aliens in, the like, this little ditch kind of area in the bottom of the mountain and just use this. This weapon, whatever the fuck he created, and just wipe them all out in one go. Slaughter. <laughs> what if that could work? Like, what if it worked against people? I, yeah, obviously, right. it did something that the that he our was on to something. Sure. Like, no, I think he was no, on. No, no, no. You cannot have this. On to a lot of things. I I think, and and I agree with. I think what Ian will get to is like there was more going on than just him. But I feel like this guy was touching close to home on too many things, to maybe that's why they made him the the focal point. Yeah, and they're you know taking away weapons that he's building. They're like, oh fuck, that's pretty good. <laughs> maybe he was just right about everything. Like disinformation is disinformation. 
But that's what we I was, don't know if any of this what, is real. That's what I was saying earlier. Is like maybe he was right there onto something. Maybe all of it's real. Like, and they're like, we're this is not about everything else. This is mm-hmm. about this man that mm-hmm. needs to be discredited. Yeah. Anyways, we could. Well, I'll save that to repeat the same thing at the end of the show. <laughs> so Paul sent Project Beta to all the major UFO groups, U.S. senators of New Mexico, and President Ronald Reagan which in turn made Paul look like a crazy person, meaning that Doty had succeeded in discrediting Paul Benowitz and the whole UFO community, really. And all of this stuff just went through the UFO community. We're going to, you know, it formed the lore. We've said it a million times in this series. So so what you're saying is the military took Paul's weapons. Government took them. They gave them back to Reagan, and Reagan sold them to the Contras. <laughs> That's what happened, right? <laughs> That could have been what happened. Maybe so. Maybe maybe a future Mike's presidential history episode <laughs> on that. That ran contra shit's fucking wild. It certainly is. Well, I don't remember what I did. In all fairness, he may not. He may not. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> did I do that? It's all Paul Benowitz's fault now. <laughs> right. Fuck that guy. He started all this. <laughs> Paul decided that even though it seemed no one was going to take him seriously, he wasn't going to stop investigating. Paul was pretty wealthy from his his business, Thunder Scientific, so he brought a personal plane and started flying over the Archuleta Mesa alone looking for evidence. Well, of course he did. <laughs> what else would a guy in this situation do? Fuck it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> I'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> We'll fly over the spot and we'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking aliens suck. There's <laughs> actual audio, I think, of inside the cockpit. <laughs> He's legitimately uh, uh, Randy Quaid in Independence Day. Yeah. Like, I, like he's ripping off the mask. Remember me? <laughs> Just going up into the... Like, but in my, in my mind, he's diving into a mountain where he thinks the elevator is. <laughs> In 1985, Paul was doing one of these so-called missions over the Mesa, and he saw a downed aircraft. This was 100% a weapons-grade military drone that was being tested, and Paul thought that it was for sure a UFO. He immediately called Richard Doty, and Doty told Paul, good job for spotting that for us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, good catch. We missed that. Paul Paul wanted to go down on the ground and go look for this thing but Doty told him not to Doty said that it sounded like a nuclear powered spacecraft the radiation in the area would be too high for Paul to get close and Paul believed him mm. do you feel like Paul would go no I think I'm going to land my uh, plane here and check it out that's why I mean he's still a good patriot he's still listening to them yeah. he, he hasn't gone the roguest thing he's done is bought this airplane to go fly around by himself yeah well and wrap his car in tinfoil he also made an electromagnetic weapon whatever he called <laughs> and, it and an antenna to spy on the military <laughs> and liquidated so. some people probably yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but he's a patriot he's a patriot damn it a gullible patriot a patriot nonetheless patriot to patriot That's awesome. none of them are perfect mm. After a couple of weeks with no further information, Paul decided that he was going to just risk the radiation and go see the crash site for himself. 
he called up Gabe Valdez and asked Valdez if he would go out there with him. Valdez reluctantly agreed, and on uh, November 8th, 1985, they headed out to the Mesa. They found a crash site where there were broken trees and a big gouge in the ground, but there was no spacecraft. Later on that day, Paul called Doty, to which Doty promised Paul that no one from the Air Force had ordered the spaceship to be cleaned up. He told Paul that he would get to the bottom of it and get right back to him. He's saying, oh yeah, we were going to let that sit for a few weeks. <laughs> Someone go and clean that up? Well, that's our bad. We'll, we'll, I'll get into the bottom of that. Cleaning crew probably got in there. On December 11th, 1985, Doty sent Paul a letter that Doty claimed was written by the NSA. And this is the stuff that we're, we're saying that we, you know, we have this corroborating evidence because Paul kept all this shit and his mm. kids have it. The letter said that the crashed aircraft Paul had seen was a stealth plane that Lockheed Martin had built with the help of alien technology. It had been built at the underground base in Dulce, and the letter went further to confirm what Paul had suspected this whole time. The letter said for 100% that aliens were underground working alongside humans. Doty had already said this to Paul, but now it was coming from someone higher than Doty. This was put on paper by the NSA. The letter went on to say that these aliens, which were the greys, uh, were peaceful, but there was another race of aliens that were hostile, and they wanted to wipe out humans. When they found out about the stealth plane, they shot it out of the sky, and that's uh, what Paul saw. <laughs> intergalactic warfare over the Mesa. Correct. Okay. I guess you never know. It's a cool thing to think about. Like, scary, but, like, cool. Like, what you if sure about that? What if there's an alien civil war going on in our well, airspace, and we're just like, wow, what the fuck? And, but only Paul Doty saw it. Luckily, he probably killed some of the, the people, or the, the, the aliens with his microwave thing. Sure. But it's a lot to process. <laughs> There's a lot going on yeah. in this story. Yes, I mean, we're just fucking Switzerland, right? Like we're we're just innocent by It's our airspace, like, just though. hanging out. That's what I mean. Like we're just hanging out, hmm. and now we're fucking gonna get involved in all this. It's not fun, but it's it's. I mean, I'm not <laughs> fucking New terrifying. I'm not, I'm not New Mexico. So that's cool over here in Ohio. <laughs> no one's gonna fight. They're gonna be like, oh no, we're not fighting in Ohio. Fuck that. Yeah, I don't want to go to Ohio. Yeah. No. You guys want to just meet down like in New Mexico? We'll fight there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> they roll their windows up when they go by Ohio. <laughs> so that's kind of the end of the disinformation campaign against Paul. Paul was gone by this time. You know, this has been going on since the 80s, since early 80s, um, you know, 1980, 1981. Getting to 1988, Paul was driving out into the desert saying that he was drugged to go out there. Um, and then it got so bad that in August of 1988, Paul had, um, his family had to check him in at the Anna Caseman mental health facility in Albuquerque, had to sign over his business. Business is done. Everything's done. Just completely drove him crazy. What a horrible outcome. What happened to his business? It was signed over to his family and ended up failing. Just going out. That's yeah. it. Because he was the genius behind the company. Right. Yeah. Did he have a, like employees, like a, a, a bunch of like? I don't think so. It was literally just him. I think so. Mm. And then after Bill, it seemed like shit was hitting the fan a bit when Paul got hospitalized for this, like when he was committed. Bill Moore came forward at a MUFON event in 1989 and confessed to everybody what he had done to Paul. Is that where he got booed? Yeah. Yeah. 
everyone's yelling like, fuck you, Paul. <laughs> I was there. I was three years old. I was fucking cussing him out like a motherfucker. There's in Mirage Men, there's a little video clip, like yeah. a shitty VHS yeah. clip. Everyone's booing That's right. Him. There is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. People start walking out and shit. They're fuck this. This dude just sold us all out. You used to be a hero. Right? Yeah. With the Roswell stuff. Yeah. Like, this guy went, went from the top to the bottom. It's a rat. Fucking traitor. Yep. Was there any remorse once he kind of confessed and apologized and just kind of said, I was helping the government or... Or was it was that kind of the end of his career? That was, that's the end of Bill Moore, as far as I know. It's like he was gone for Mufon from the whole community after that. He was ostracized. Yeah, nobody wanted anything. Good to Bill anymore. Fuck Bill Moore. More of an asshole than I even <laughs> never knew. Rumor <laughs> has it he changed his identity after that. Nineteen eighty nine. Is that right? He changed his name to Bill Clinton. <laughs> Went on to do some things. Oh, that's how you start a fucking disinformation campaign. I'm putting that out there. I did not have sex with Richard Doty and the <laughs> aliens and the threesome in Dulce Mountain with President Eisenhower approving our cattle <laughs> mutilation. None of that happened. See? Speaking of disinformation, I did not have sex with that woman. He's good at it. He's good. Depends what your definition of his is. <laughs> Mike Namapod. Mr. President, it's been a while since you've been here. Well, I've been Come on back. vacation. <laughs> for four years where have you been it's been a while welcome back thank you can you confirm you're not bill moore bill moore is more of an asshole than i've ever been <laughs> fuck that guy thank you mr president i tried to release all the ufo files when i was in office and uh, it stopped me he did try he was real into that yeah or you were real into that i apologize uh i did what i <laughs> you're talking to the man himself like come on <laughs> I was more concerned with getting my my penis licked and sucked, though, instead of uh, well, releasing all that. Blowjobs, that's my number one concern. Who can blame you, Mr. President? Cigars Who can blame you? and blowjobs. Mm. It's McDonald's, too. McDonald's. I love McDonald's. He is a big uh, Egg McMuffin fan, wasn't he? Tony like I thought he was. He used to run there for breakfast, yeah, right? Like jog. He, he would do his jogs yeah. to McDonald's. Burning those calories. Yeah. Yeah. Three Big Macs, please. <laughs> A Cuban cigar from Monica's twat. <laughs> Cuban cigars at McDonald's. Or McCuban. <laughs> McCuban. And then it's like, you go, it's a little wrapped a little thing. All right, well, thank you for joining us, Mr. President. I tried to get them aliens to take Hillary. They didn't listen. <laughs> like, take her away. <laughs> just like Come on, the, Grace. Just like the country. Everyone's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, thank you. President Eisenhower said you could uh, abduct people and uh, do stuff on them. Hillary's right here. If you guys want to, <laughs> guys need a new subject. You, you guys still got that microwave that Paul built? <laughs> She's got a hot pocket that needs warmed up. So Paul passed away in, uh, so Paul passed away on June 23rd, 2003. He never fully mentally or definitely didn't financially recover from what the Air Force and NSA did to him. Mm. We've talked about it this whole episode. There's something bigger here. Than just Paul Benowitz. There has to be. That's a lot of effort and operations to go into one guy. Unless, like we said, he, and I think I agree with you guys, but what if he was really on and right about all of that stuff? And they're like, at all costs, we need to shut this down now and make this guy look like a Looney Tune. 
either that or like someone decided that this is the guy that we can get to disseminate all this information into the UFO community. They're like, oh, this motherfucker building an antenna across the street. Yeah. <laughs> That's our guy. <laughs> it's, one, it's one or the other. I, I think I agree with your first part. Like, this is just the let's discredit him so that this entire community looks like a bunch of, you know, drunk, paranoid fucks or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, and I guess it's not that much work. Like, that's Dodie's job, I guess. We're not talking about a whole lot of money, 75 grand and, you know, construction crew or whatever. And I still think that big of a deal. I still feel like the NSA's whole involvement probably wasn't even that necessary. Doty alone could have just done this. Yeah. Seems like overkill. Which, which adds to the intrigue, right? Like does. Why then did they double down on this? It does. It, It just, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. Paul would have stopped and given them whatever i think you're exactly right he would have given them whatever would he have stopped if they told him like hey there is no aliens this is stuff that we're I, doing I but we we just need you to national you know, security pal yeah i think paul would have i know he would have stopped he would have 100 percent stopped which then le- leads to the theory of they wanted to ruin this community have to like how is the government just gonna like people from the nsa gonna be like you know what paul you do need a grant to continue to do this like that is crazy it's weird yeah but there's some rogue individuals in the government operating maybe Doty is super rogue i don't know maybe he is maybe he had a friend at the nsa like hey check this out let what what, you enjoy me on this op (laughs) it'll be fun if he went rogue why would he how is he you're not gonna say that protected then right like at some point they're gonna be like, all right, this guy, he's out. Maybe they threw him out, and then just we never heard anything again from him, or they put him in the microwave thing, or. But he didn't. Doty didn't start talking until he was out, right? Yeah, no, he got. That's what I mean. Like, wouldn't somebody have come out at some point, and if he really did go rogue, and wouldn't there be some kind of campaign? They against would discredit him? him, or they're just like oh, let all these guys fuck around, like just adds to the confusion. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's just it's a. Uh, yeah. He was sent to Germany. He was stationed over there. Doty? Mm-hmm. After this. Oh. After Paul got um, hospitalized, like when shit really hit the fan bad. Yeah, Doty was shipped over to Germany. Hmm. Stationed there for the end of what his What was he career. doing? I don't know. Which don't know. maybe is smart. Get him out of there then. Let all that settle down. And you just quietly bring Doty back at some point. Yeah, and he just talks now. He... He goes to UFO events and stuff. Do people and, beat him up? No, people he talk is, to him. Podcast. Mm. He's on a lot of podcasts. Podcasts interview him. Mm. He is very sure of himself. He's very like punchable. Yeah. Would you interview him? No. You want to give him that credit? No. Yeah. Get that. I don't want to give Richard Doty a platform. This is a. There's no disinformation being spread on here. At least not. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, even if you brought him on, like, how you couldn't trust anything he said. If you're like, all right, well, we're going to talk about the, what really happened. Now that you're out of the business, whatever, you, you give all these interviews. Yeah. And, but even then, he's kayfaving you the entire time. Probably. Yeah, I don't have any interest in talking to Richard Doty. Let the other podcasts do it. I get it. Yeah, let them do it. Fuck boy. We have credibility, <laughs> we have integrity. <laughs> We have fucking Declan. Like two years before Bill Moore confessed to uh, to everybody in front of that in that MUFON conference, 
there's like a very controversial UFO personality and researcher, John Lear, that pretty much was like, hold my beer. I'm going to just fuck this whole thing up even more and make this more confusing. And that's where we'll pick back up on part three. Son of a bitch. We're going to get into John Lear. Uh, we'll get a, into Phil Snyder, how they expanded on this. You know, in the 80s, both of them really hit hard on the Dulce theory. And then uh, how a very mysterious man named Thomas Costello, how he took Dulce to a whole different level mm. in the 1990s where the, there's reptilians down there and the, the yeah. grays are there. Yeah, it's a party. Everybody, Everybody no, there. Nobody gets along. There's like a fucking hierarchy down there. Nice. All right, Tommy Costello. Can't wait to hear about yeah, what you got. A.K.A. Richard Doty. <laughs> <laughs> Is Thomas Costello Richard, Do- Richard Doty? I think so. <laughs> oh. Plot twist, plot twist. <laughs> mm. All right, well, we'll save that for next week. Mm-hmm. I don't want to dive any more into that one. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to think at this point. Paul Costello just got himself, or Paul Costello, Paul uh, Benowitz got himself in too deep. It wasn't healthy for him at all like we discussed i think last sure. week you know his mental health was not great his his uh personal hygiene seemed to be not great when old sparkles showed up sprinkle sprinkle <laughs> him. sparkles <laughs> Whatever. get in there sparkles <laughs> <laughs> write me a limerick <laughs> <laughs> um and then he was just kind of preyed upon like you know we i think we like we agreed just for the to destroy the UFO kind of community mm-hmm. and what they were probably getting into. Easy target. I still go back to, I think there was something to them letting him be that close to it from the beginning. Why is he living that close and able to at least think he has whatever access he might have? And I think maybe, you know, that whole the conspiracy goes even deeper to like, they're like, yeah, we're gonna let him live there. This is the guy we kind of want. What? Well, how would we you targeted get rid of him? him from how early would you make on. a move? I'm just saying targeted from early on. Like we we want someone, people to move in. We're gonna put stuff up there. Let's see who bites. They're fishing. Really? All right. Uh, would, would it have been that convenient for them? He's a unique individual. He's I, very I don't know. unique. I mean, most people that would move. I mean, a lot of people lived right there. He's the guy that would take this up. I don't think most people have the technical knowledge and or the interest in this, right? It's a that's, very unique individual. And yet he just happened to be living right there. And that's why I think maybe there maybe there's something to that why they let him be get so close to begin with. Yeah, with stories like this, I don't know that you can ever be 100% sure of what actually happened. Yeah, you that's can. the problem yeah, you trying can. to analyze this. Right. So Paul had his meeting on November 10th of uh was that 80 1980. Mm-hmm. But the Myrna stuff happened, you know, 79, I think, a whole year earlier. Mm-hmm. I think that she has something to do with this information. I, did, I don't think that she's an actual abductee or anything like that. So somehow they already had Paul on their radar. Mm-hmm. If Myrna Hansen is a disinformation agent, then. And for sure. Then for sure they had to have already had their eye on Paul. Yeah, that makes sense. For some reason, somehow, I don't know. I'm not sure we're ever going to know. No. We most certainly will not. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. 
I, uh, I will say, um, Ian, after, before I read any of the notes going into this, I watched Mirage Men. I didn't love it. No. I, I thought it was very boring. I wasn't it's, into it. And then, but then reading like the first two notes, this is fantastic. Like it's really entertaining. I just don't know if that documentary was as good. Maybe. I don't know what it was, but I was really, after watching it, I was nervous. Like, oh, this is going to be a long three weeks. This is not great. But then reading the notes and having the conversations, it's been fantastic. They skipped out on all the Myrna hands and stuff in that documentary. They don't talk about yeah. that at all. Yeah. Which that's one of the craziest parts of this whole story, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Well, it definitely lays the foundation for kind yeah. of Paul and, and his, his, you know, craziness. They get into Project Serpo towards the end a little bit. And yeah. that. we'll do it in a full episode. That'll be a full Sunday one down the road. Yeah, no, but this has been interesting. Very. Yeah. Wrap it up next week. Yeah, last week is just, or next week is just off the rails. It's craziness. There's You mean more off the rails than a microwave that kills people and a tinfoil car and meetings in closets and an elevator and a... <laughs> I mean, those that's pretty off the rails because it all actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear about reptilians and chaos. They're all down there working side by side, everybody. Thomas Costello was the security guard. Well, right. good stuff, because this is you did better keeping me entertained by a landslide than that documentary did. Awesome. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're gonna do it. We're just gonna cut the fucking show off. <laughs> uh Dave has got some patrons. I do. Thank you to new patrons, the Wild Raquel, Rob Hart, Jeff Rowe, the one who forgets. It must have been a girl you went to college with after you gave her a roofie. She <laughs> forgot about it. She didn't know what happened. Though. Or it was Ronald Reagan. <laughs> well, could be a, could be someone who got a roofie or Ronald Reagan. <laughs> that narrows it down. I don't recall. <laughs> Thomas Hall, Jess McFall, Zach Jones, Lane Cazares, Samantha Neves, Courtney DeGuire, Scrooge, Morgan Wilbarger, Buffalo Bill 84, Gabrielle Bradley, Christian Cruz. I was kicked out of the Necro Patreon for some weird reason, but I signed up again. I'm back like Declan's herpes outbreak. <laughs> well, it's a bit presumptive. I don't think he has herpes. <laughs> He's never been with a woman or a man or anybody. Been in a basement. <laughs> His whole life. <laughs> Quite a long time. Gabriel Jacoby, Jacob Bright, Brock Nadler, Bank Guy 3, Dirty Mike Actual, Aaron Jones, Keely Panter, Megan Aldworth, Will Martinez, Wingman Meg, The Karate Chimp, Jude, Craig Hollingsworth, Zombie Broad, CeCe Tinsley, Roxanne Cairns, Edward Butler, Casey Millette, and Nathan. Thank you for your support, new patrons. Welcome aboard. Good stuff. And, well, re-welcome to whoever got booted. Yeah. Declan Herpes guy. Don't fuck up this time, pal. <laughs> what you said or what you did. You'll have Declan Chlamydia next time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, what do you got for us, Ian? I have nothing. 
<laughs> I have no reviews. That's because we just recorded last night. <laughs> I have nothing. Uh, I'm assuming, Dave, you're good then, too. I am quite content, yes. In the last 24 hours, there's been no international reviews? There have not been. Motherfuck. Really? Someone in the Maldives couldn't leave us a, uh, a review? <laughs> Would have killed you Come to on. leave? Come on. Seriously? Don't be so fucking selfish. <laughs> We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, uh, TikTok as well, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod for all of our merchandise, Necronomapod.com for stickers, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of our bonus content. All right, you guys ready for November? Cheers.